mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. If you've ever read through the Gospel of, of Luke, you know that Jesus is in the presence of some kind of table a lot. He's eating, dining, conversing, and teaching at table. It's one of the things I love most about the Gospel of Luke. It shows Jesus' humanity. I think it's easy to forget that Jesus did get hungry. He desired good food, filling food, which gave him sustenance for his journeys, his interactions, sometimes a bit combative, healings, as well as the many te teachings he did. Luke captures a number of these interactions, and today's gospel does so, but puts a spin on things. In this gospel reading this morning, we are schooled in table manners, not just eating, but what it means to eat properly. Now that may sound a bit old-fashioned in today's world where families are busy and oftentimes really don't gather around the table anymore. And if they do, many times it's with electronics in hand, sadly. Well, back in the first century, eating at table, it was an event. It was a time to commune, and when doing so, there were rules to be followed. So this morning, let's listen to this again. Jesus, he was invited for a Sabbath meal by a leader of the Pharisees. Jesus arrives early, he sits, and then he begins to watch as his fellow guests clamor for places of honor around the table. And after observing this for a bit, Jesus calls them out in the way that Jesus does with a parable. And this is what he says. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, don't sit down at the place of honor. Go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. But wait, there's more. Jesus then turned to his host and he continues. When you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives, especially not your rich neighbors, in case they may invite you in return and you'd be repaid. But when you give a party or when you give a banquet, do this instead. Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, those who can't see. Then, when you do this, 
you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. Hmm. Well, not sure how these instructions were received by those in company with Jesus because we're not told. But it had to have been difficult for most folks to hear. But guess what? It's supposed to be hard to hear. Why? Because it's true. And this is how God desires the ordering of his world to be. One in which the lowest place is the most sought after place. And last place isn't necessarily all that bad. In fact, Jesus turns things around and he says it's a place of honor and truly last place is noble and putting others first thinking of serving rather than desiring to be served is what our hearts should long for all of these countercultural notions that the gospel of luke if you read it keeps reminding us of even while we're eating. Because when you think about it, there aren't many events in life that offer communion and intimacy and camaraderie in the way that sharing a meal can. But the opposite is also true. Feasting, eating, and banqueting can also put up walls of exclusion and superiority as well. And Jesus, he knows this. And he's experienced both ends. He's been invited to banquets where there is jockeying for position. And he has also been the one who took five loaves and two fish and fed the masses. Regardless, these instructions are stated so plainly by Jesus, they just roll off his tongue, don't they? They're not easy, are they? They're hard. And it's not how most of us think, let alone act, or really and truly what we want to do. Some may say, man, Jesus, you're always trying to ruin the fun. Why? Why do you do that? Why do you make things so hard? <laughs> Can't we just enjoy ourselves? What is in this for me, being last, serving others? Well, as a priest, I will say, simply because that is what Jesus wants us to do. Remember, he is God, and he has come to upend how things have been, reverse the way things have always been. That is what he has done. Because that is exactly who God is. This is how God fashioned the world to bring about the unexpected, to surprise the heck out of us, and to bless because his ways are ultimately what are best. So, this week at our mobile food pantry, 
This scripture was on full display for me on many levels. I'm going to tell you about it. We're lucky. Every week, we have the chance to see this parable played out. On the stage, which is our campus, the grounds of grace. Our church in the streets, under the canopy of the oak trees, right outside our red front doors. All this community are gathered at the table. Because the table has been set, literally. If you come on a Thursday, you will see the table has been set. Not with holy vessels that we use for communion. Instead, banana boxes filled to the brim with food ready to eat. The table has been set. Guess what? Like Jesus instructs, there are no rules for who can come and who can't. All are welcome. There are no seats of honor because everyone has a seat. If you come, guess what? You get a seat. All are welcomed with dignity and treated with kindness and given a smile. As I reminded our volunteers this week, that may be the only smile our neighbors are greeted with all week. So give them away relentlessly. Abundance is on full display. Kindness is the currency that we use. The same graciousness that is offered to the first guest who has been waiting for hours to receive food is offered to the last guest who shows up right before everything runs out. Does that sound vaguely familiar to anyone? That is gospel. The last is treated as the first and everyone who comes receives an offering to dine. No one, not one single person is turned away. All come and eat. Well, this kind of radical love and hospitality can be a lot for some to take in. Many of you all have heard me speak of Fred, our neighbor who frequents the Campus of Grace every day he comes. He's a homeless man. It's very much a loner, except when it comes to his two kids who live across the street in those apartments, and that he does homework under our pavilion every single day with his kiddos. That's their safe place. He doesn't ask for much, but man, is he always grateful. Well, while sitting down to eat after the mobile food pantry this Thursday, I noticed he walked under the pavilion. He does that a lot. It was lunchtime, so I went over and I asked if he was hungry. And without skipping a beat, he said yes. And so, he was invited in. Usually he takes his food outside, 
But today, surprising even me, he accepted the invitation to come into the parish hall. This was a huge, huge step for this man. I could see it written all over his face. He was scared. I knew he was nervous. And upon entry into the parish hall, all he could say was, wow, it feels so good in here. Sweat was pouring off of his face. He carries a towel around his neck and he's constantly wiping sweat. Considering it's August in Texas, I knew he meant it when he shared his relief from having to be in the blazing hot sun. So we went to the line and he received his humble bowl of beans and cornbread. That's what was served on Thursday. And he walked over to a table by himself. I knew he would do that and so I followed him. And I said, no, Fred, you're not going to eat by yourself. You're going to join us for lunch today. Well, with the deer in the headlights kind of look, with some hesitation, he accepted, and so he sat down. Fred was greeted by other volunteers from Grace as well as Grace members. He's not one for conversation. So there was silence, a lot of silence, and it was awkward. Maybe you guys know what I'm talking about. And I knew it was hard for him. I watched him, but he stayed. And when he had finished his bowl of beans and then taken all the company he could muster, he politely got up and went to the pavilion and he finished his meal by himself. I watched him. And I must say at first, I was disappointed. I've thought about this interaction all week. What could we or what could I have done better to make him feel more part of sharing a meal for him to open up, for him to stay longer? But then it hit me. God doesn't require me or us to make someone feel comfortable or ease the awkwardness. That's not what God asks of us. God desires me and God desires you, all of us, to welcome, to invite, and to make ready the table for others to join in. That is what God asks us. Wherever they're at, whoever they are, and however comfortable or uncomfortable they may be, the invitation, the desire for communion with all of God's children is what Jesus is calling attention to. And this is what he is desiring us to be faithful in. And sometimes the invitation comes to those who don't, don't expect it at all. And sometimes they are in desperate need. A beautiful woman this week named Jessica, full of tattoos, came to Grace for the first time. I was intrigued by her because she was so colorful. 
and beautiful, and yet had such sadness in her eyes. I asked her how she was, and with tears in her eyes, she explained to me that she was a mom of three kids. She had no food, no job. She was in a state of desperation. And she described to me how the only thing she had in her house to feed her three kids was a box of instant mashed potatoes. Her oldest daughter begged her to get food because she said, Mom, I'm hungry. She showed up with Grace. She showed up at Grace with nothing. But she left, I made sure of it, with a box filled to the brim with food. Extra treats for her kids, too. She was overwhelmed and profoundly grateful. And on Thursday, she came through the line, the mobile food pantry, to get more food. This time, though, she was smiling. Again, expressing profound gratitude, so relieved. And instead of seeing sadness in her eyes, I saw hope. This is what happens, my friends, when the table is set for all. And when all are welcomed and given seat. Dignity is restored. Hope is gained. Friendships are made. And gratitude reigns supreme. No matter what is happening in your life, somehow you find something to be grateful for. I affectionately like to just say, this is when you know. The kingdom of God has come near. And you don't want it to leave. A fellow preacher, a fellow woman preacher who died way too early, Rachel Held Evans, a sister, a writer, said it perfectly and reminds me over and over of how we do church here and how we love our neighbors. And this is what she said. This is what God's kingdom is like. A bunch of outcasts and oddballs gathered at a table. Not because they are rich or worthy of good, but because they are hungry because they said yes. And guess what? There's always, always room for more. Dear people of God, this is where we're at. We've said yes. The table has been set. Join in. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.